This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Hello, everyone. Today I have my Terrace Upper City mug by me, and it looks cool, and... Today we're actually joined by Christina Faith to talk about Lehan. So how are you doing today? Hey, I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So how I kind of first found out about your account was going through my stack of old Into a Larger World uh, fanzines. And I was like in the February edition and I was like what there was like a Revan and Bastila like article in here the whole time and I didn't notice until like now um but what made you want to write that article what was the what made you be like I want to submit this I am a sucker for the Star Wars romances for sure like uh Obatine really gets me, you know, and I am a big Raylo uh, shipper too. And mm-hmm. um, I, I love uh, Bastila and Revan's relationship too, especially I read the Revan book and, you know, you get uh, a look at their like later relationship, like after they've been married and like really worked through some stuff. And um, it's absolutely adorable. And they were able to, at, go against the Jedi's wishes completely and still have this like awesome relationship and, and still, you know, Bastilla is at least still true to her being a Jedi. But, um, yeah. So any like true romance that I find in star Wars, I just connect with, I love it. I'll read anything I can about it, whether it's canon or it's just a fan fiction. Um, sometimes I'll even just like write my own fan fiction if there isn't a good enough one out there. So, uh, I'm pretty, also like really into scholarly papers and, and comparison papers. So uh, Raylo really having the dyad in that and the final movie, I was like, I feel like this is pretty familiar. And uh, I went back and uh, looked at some KOTOR stuff and especially looking back at the, at the Revan book and how the connection that Bastilla and Revan have at the end of that book is um, just as intense as Kylo and raises in that final in in the on the whole final last movies in the last three um, their connection is so strong and so I was like there's definitely a connection here and as George Lucas likes to say it's like poetry it rhymes <laughs> so I like finding those rhyming moments and being like oh and it's so cool because it's not like you know George necessarily came up with the the story for Revan and Bastilla but still like we're going back to his original stories and rhyming with them all the time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, any, anything, any love story, any Jedi love story, and I'm here for it. Yeah. That's one thing I really like about George Lucas is like, where I think some directors would have been like, we need to make the prequels edgy, you know, and like, love is lame. It needs to be about Darth Vader killing people for three movies. He's like, it's going to be an over the top love story. And like. I think the audiences at the time were like, wait, what? Like, what? what? We're, this is what we're doing? But, um, like, the Anakin and Padme story, like, 
I think like the beats of it are are well done. Maybe like looking at some of the dialogue and like, oh, maybe not the best like dialogue and acting choices, but I'm like, it it's a good like star-crossed romance tragedy, you know, and like Han and Leia, it's just like a fun like kind of like almost like a screwball comedy almost, I think, like kind of looking at the movies from the 30s and then Ray and Kylo uh Ray and Ben you know it was interesting to see like because uh, like when I was watching The Force Awakens some people were like oh it's gonna go this way and then it's gonna go this way and then like with The Last Jedi I'm like oh wait it's like they're doing the force bond but kind of in a new way and um I'm like it really reminds me of like Revan and Bastila in some ways and um I think like one of the things I really kind of stuck with uh, in episode nine is like they kind of talk about like the dyad and the force and like unseen for generations and I'm like okay cool I'm gonna take that nugget and it makes KOTOR canon you know and then I'm like there's yeah. a yellow lightsaber it makes KOTOR canon you know? <laughs> so yeah that's right um and the article as you mentioned is so it was in the um the February edition of uh into a larger world um and that's done by Kara you should go check her out um, on Instagram, it's at sacred something by Kara, uh, and check out her zine because it's awesome. And I think you can probably get back issues of this. So if you want to read the article, uh, you definitely should do that. So it's issue 21. So, uh, go pick that up and you can read about it. And then, yeah, the article is really great because it talks a lot about the, um, kind of parallels and, you know, the comparison and contrast of the, the Raylo and the Bastila Revan relationship. So, uh, if that's something that you want to dig into, I, yeah, highly recommend picking it up. Yeah. And one question I had for you is what is the ship name for Revan and Bastila? I think it's gotta be Revstila cause the other one just sounds too silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bas- Bastavin. Bastavin. No. It's, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's gotta be Revstila. And I think all, honestly, all the ship names sound kind of dumb until you just say them a bunch <laughs> and then you get used to it. Yeah. I thought Obatine was so dumb for so long. Like, uh, it reminds now- me of Ovaltine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Raylo actually, I think it, I'm like, Oh, I, I can get behind this because like it, it just sounds, it's two syllables. It's, five letters you know and like ray it's like kylo or ben solo you know so i'm like oh it works you know and then i'm like i'm kind of like revan and bastila it's those are kind of harder names to put together i'm like is it rastila is it revistila so it's like so it's revstila okay like oh i kind of like that you threw in another like uh syllable in there revistila that one kind of sounds Because it kind of also sounds like a name. That's like what Raylo, it kind of sounds like its own name. Like it could be its own entity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Revastilla kind of sounds like it could be someone's name. Let me write that down on potential children's names for the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little long for a good hashtag, but I think if you lean into it, then yeah, and that's the important thing. You just have to own it. It's a five syllable. No, just kidding. I haven't counted it, but like. Yeah, we're just trying to come up with the longest hashtag, and it's like it'll never catch on, and then it'll be like, oh, for some reason it did. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I saw that you you casted in your 
hypothetical adaptation, Emily Blunt, and I'm like, oh, she'd make a great Bastila, and then Keanu Reeves is Revan, so, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I, uh, am very passionate about those two playing (laughs) that couple, and I'd really like it to happen before they both get too old to, to do it. Well, if I had to guess anything, I'm like, eh, Keanu Reeves is probably, you know, gonna get it, and, like, I'm, in some ways, I'm, like, not the most, like, I'm, like, mm, I'm not quite sure uh, about Keanu Reeves, but I'm, like, if they get, like, a good, like, Bastila, like, and if they get, like, Emily Blunt, I'm, like, oh, it's, it, it's perfect, you know, so, yeah, because I know a lot of fans are, like, like, ride or die, like, uh, Keanu Reeves is Revan, so. I could be yeah. talked into someone else, I could, like, I have, I really, I really think he'd do it. But uh, I could. Who do you, who do you guys dreamcast as Revan? Uh, Brian, you can go first. Uh, I I actually don't even remember who I'd who I'd said because ever since I started doing the pod alongside of you, you've been uh, on about uh, Ben Barnes. So that's that's who I picture now as Revan. So uh, why don't you make the case for him, Cassia? Well, I think like if we're going by like how he looks in Swotor. Um, Ben Barnes is kind of more the, of an age appropriate, like, if you're telling the story of Knights of the Old Republic, and, like, after I watched, um, Shadow and Bone, like, because I've previously watched him in Westworld, Chronicles of Narnia, and lots of other projects, like Punisher, I'm like, oh, he's a really good actor, he can be charismatic, he can be a villain, he can be a hero, and, I mean, best of both worlds, like, you could even have Ben Barnes kind of play the younger Revan, and then, like, Keanu Reeves could play an older Revan, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, just kind of, I think that uh, Ben Barnes kind of has the the look down, and, you know, objectively, he looks attractive. So I'm like, you know, that's that's good, you know? Not that Keanu Reeves isn't attractive, you know? But um, I was like... Yeah, like, uh, and especially if you watch, like, Shadow and Bone, I'm like, ooh, he can do villain and hero, which, like, I think that's kind of a critical component for Revan to be able to hit, is, like, kind of be a charismatic leader who looks like they can make, like, uh, difficult choices and, like, be able to play, like, good and evil and, like, kind of the in-between really well, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It mostly just depends, I guess, on what part of Revan's life you want to be telling. But yeah, for Knights of the Old Republic, I think you know he's he's still younger. He's not not quite as uh, you know grizzled, I guess, as uh, Keanu Reeves would be um, at this moment. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with that for sure. So dude, I'm on board now too. Yep, I I've loved Ben Barnes. Ever, I saw him the first time in Stardust, and he like has a really small role in there. And then I saw him in. in um, Chronicles of Narnia too, and I just was like, "Oh, I really like this guy." And then he blew my mind, and he blew my mind in Westworld. I was like, "I can't mm-hmm. believe that's the same guy. I can't believe that's Prince Caspian." Uh, so I'm on board, definitely. And I think him and Keanu look enough alike that there could be something really cool there, or even like such a fast for- like forward in time that Keanu Reeves could be like, you know, it could be after his marriage and he goes on that final voyage where he's captured for a really really long time. That could mm-hmm. be Keanu Reeves because he's getting, you know, mentally tortured for 
so long. Years, yes. Yeah. 300 years-ish. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Keanu Reeves with his more um, John Wick grittier look would definitely fit in with that, like, older, worn-down Revan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in conclusion, you should uh, definitely check out the, the fanzine Into a Larger World, and if you can... Find a copy of this year, so February 2021, and uh, you can find Christina's article in there. It's a good one. Yeah, hopefully more to come. I, I'm working on a couple right now. I'm really passionate about um, the Clone Wars and, like, the Bad Batch, so I'm working on oh, yeah. a, coming up with a cool clone article right now, but it's been such a... Every time I sit down to write it, it always turns into something else because I'm inspired by something else. Yeah, for sure. We would love to see it, and it would be awesome to see another of your articles in the fanzine. So. All right, well... The reason we're having Christina on the podcast with us today is because we are at a pivotal moment in Ravastola's relationship. So we are on our way to Lehan, and they're going to have a confrontation. Uh, it's going to basically put the fate of their dyad and the whole of the galaxy, uh, you know, is kind of on the line here at this meeting. So uh, as far as our you know, kind of a cinematic retelling of this. So we had our act one where we were on the Endar Spire, uh, Terrace, Dantooine, and ended on Kashik on a high note. And then we had our act two, which, which we went to Tatooine, uh, to Manon, and then had our encounter with Malik on the Leviathan, where Bastila, uh, you know, was separated from the party and ended up, uh, you know, going off with Malik, being uh, tortured and turning to the dark side. Um, and that's where, you know, she was separated from the rest of our party. So we're picking up here on our Act 3. Uh, so we were just in Korriban, and we're on our way to the Starforge, but unfortunately we hit a little bit of turbulence and we crash into the ocean here on the Unknown World, also known as Lehan. So uh, I guess what are the important things that we need to accomplish here on Lehan? Really the only thing that we need to do is we need to figure out how to get off of this planet and up to the Starforge. So we're going to have to, you know, work our way into turn off like this disruptor field uh, kind of thing uh, to get up there. But we're going to encounter some stuff along the way. So uh, Cassie, I guess um, as far as goals for Lehan, is there anything else that's that's important, I guess, story wise that we want to accomplish? I mean, do we want to spend a lot of time uh, talking to the Rakatans, who are the inhabitants here, or uh, you know, what do you think? What are what are kind of the, some of the key story elements for this section of our film? I kind of think like with the third, like Act Three, you kind of start on Korriban, and I think you're kind of meant to kind of see the futility of the dark side, like kind of just the cannibalistic nature of the Sith, you know, and then. I think when you come to Lee Han, you kind of see the, also again, like the futility of the dark side and like conquering mm-hmm. the galaxy. And you kind of just see like the Rakadans, like, 
you kind of just literally see their ruins and like they used to be the conquerors of the galaxy like they enslaved the galaxy and it's kind of like that poem I always get the pronunciation wrong so I'm gonna say both pronunciations like it's Ozymandias or Ozymandias like Mm -hmm. by Percy Bysshe Shelley and it's like if you just kind of like listen to that um poem especially if you hear the version by Brian Cranston it's like you just kind of just see the futility of like empires because like they took over the galaxy and this world Lehan it has a billion names okay maybe not a billion (laughs) but like four it's it's a lot of names like it has it has at least three too many names Rakata Prime, the unknown world, Lehan. It's like, that's why you just choose one and you stick with it, you know? And yeah. this was the homeworld of the Rakata Infinite Empire. And it's like, it's not really that infinite, was it, you know? And yeah, you kind of just see, like, it's a ruined ocean planet, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the Rakatans had a, they were a species with, like, natural force sensitivity. And, like, they uh, they developed amazing technology. They had the Star Forge, but then, like, their hubris got to them. Like, they lost their empire because the people they took over led insurrections. And there was a mm-hmm. plague that stripped them of the force. So it's kind of like just you see the surviving members, the descendants of the Rakatans, like, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, living on a beach, you know, and, like... I think, like, in my head, like, the goal is just to kind of show the futility of, like, wanting to conquer the galaxy, because I think in a, in a real adaptation, like, it's going to be light side, you know, um, so, like, on Korriban, you show the futility of the dark side, Rakata, you show the futility of taking over the galaxy, so, like, maybe you could kind of show, like, the history of the Rakatans, like, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Cole's The Course of Empire, you see, like, the savage state, so, like, nature, the Arcadian or pastoral state, where it's kind of, like, nature's kind of more in charge, but, like, there is, like, a rising civilization, and then the consummation of empire, where you kind of start to see the excess, and then the destruction and desolation, where it's kind of, like, you kind of have ruins again, and nature kind of takes it course its course, so... If we could mm-hmm. kind of see representations of that in their art or kind of like their oral history, like, I'd be like, that's really cool, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, because yeah, Lehan's kind of like a culmination of, like you said, we'd seen on Korriban, like the, uh, you know, kind of the, the perils of, you know, the Sith and the dark side. And from at least what I remember and kind of what I'd read brushing up on this is all of the Rakatan um, technology was pretty much, you know, powered and fueled by uh, dark side energy. Um, and you see it, you know, it's kind of shrunk down over like the 30,000 years to the, you know, just a dozen or so that are left on Lehan when we crash there. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a really good kind of, you know, exclamation point on, on, you know, the, the feelings for the, the dark side and stuff, the way that the movie got kicked off in Korriban and then uh, coming here. So, Christina, let me uh, start with you here. So, um, in Knights of the Old Republic, you get to get to Lehan, and I guess we probably should have asked you um, 
and kind of our introduction is how did you get into Knights of the Old Republic? So you'd mentioned, you know, reading about like the the relationship in and the Revan novel, um, and, you know, just kind of the old Republic, you know, some of the uh, stuff around it, the comic books and stuff. But, you know, for the game and for the books and stuff, how was it that you first kind of got into uh, this era of Star Wars storytelling? Um, I love the extra lore that comes with um, a lot of fandoms that uh, we're all into, you know, like Lord of the Rings, you know, reading all the background lore and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and, um, Harry Potter used to be a good example, but it's not so much anymore, but, uh, especially sure, Star yeah. Wars, Star Wars, there's so much to dive into and learn about. So, uh, I w- like went on the book journey, I guess. Um, I started buying legends books and, and a bunch of old books and, uh, Revan was like top of the list because it was, you know, one of the, if you're starting at like the beginning of the timeline, it's one of the first that happens, you know, almost 4,000 years before the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I picked up the Revan book and then just like fell down the rabbit hole. Like I then was like, okay, I'm just going to like read every single book that happened before the original trilogy. And so I read the book. I did a complete opposite order. I read the book series first and then I was like, oh, there's a game. Let me play the game. And so I um, play, tried to play the game. Got a little stuck, uh, so I oftentimes just watch people play the game online. Okay. Yeah, but the, um, man, I'll, I'll watch hours and hours of content, of, of KOTOR content on YouTube, but uh, I love uh, the Kreia stuff. Dude, there's like a three-hour YouTube compilation <laughs> of just her talking about Star Wars lore and uh, Sith, old Sith stuff, and I'll, I sat there and like watched it and like took notes a couple years ago. I really really fell down the rabbit hole. So that's like what kind of sparked my, like, I mean, guess continued my uh, passion for um, older public stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. You do feel like you're going down a rabbit hole if you start, you know, watching stuff about Kreia and that, like, I even feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole just playing the game. I'm like, what's even going on? I've been talking, you know, to her for for so long but right and then you're like let me open wikipedia really quick oh wait i got eight tabs open on wikipedia (laughs) now based on what she's been telling me exactly exactly but no that's awesome i um you know obviously cassia and i and probably the other you know people that are listening to this podcast also like kind of the you know the the extra stuff to star wars right which is why we're uh here on a podcast talking about this you know period of star wars like four thousand years before the before the movies start so uh let me kind of bring that back into what we're what we're talking about today then. So we're on we're on Lehan and I guess in you know in and maybe parts of the game that you've played or um I know that uh, they talk about Lehan in, in some of the books um in the uh, I know they do in the uh, first Darth Bane novel he mentions going to uh Lehan and uh finding uh, you know a holocron from uh Revan there but um in in your mind if you are going to you know take the Ebonhawk and fly it to a location to film Lehan, uh, what does it look like uh, to you, Christina? What in your head, you know, what what do you kind of see when we get there, I guess? Uh, definitely, you know, lots of beaches, but like not beaches that you can, you can, not Cancun, man. We're not going to like have a vacation. This is like <laughs> ter- terrain. You got to trek to get to the beach. There's cliffs. There's like crashing waves, very like deadly, dangerous. I think that kind of like fits in with the vibe of, oh, we used... Uh, the the dark side in order to like advance our civilization 
and the terrain like reflects that like aggressiveness um and also just like desolate because of what they've they've done like karma has has done its full circle it's come and it's destroyed their civilization because they chose to use the dark side so um if i was taking like a drone shot and just kind of like going over in the evan hawk um i'm thinking some sort of like island like polynesian island but not the one that people hang out at the one that's like oh we don't go there because that's where the ships wreck that's where you crash into the rocks and stuff like that's kind of what i'm picturing okay yeah no i i like that uh that visual quite a bit and mine actually is pretty similar yeah it's it's kind of this pristine beach but like you said it's it's almost not been touched by you know people or you know you know, visitors uh, here in the in the Star Wars universe. Um, it reminds me a lot. If um, either of you are familiar with like the Tulum ruins, the Mayan ruins, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in Mexico. So you know, kind of something like that. It's this beach, but it's on like this big, huge cliff face, and then you have like the you know the big temple kind of sitting on top of it, kind of buried in behind all of this you know dense foliage and uh, stuff like that. But that's what I see in my head when I think about a landing you know, into, into this area, um, you have the big, you know, crash ships and stuff in the, in the background where people are flying into the star forge and, you know, coming down to this planet here. But, uh, what about you, Cassia? Do you have any, um, kind of other inspirations or film inspirations or things in the real world that kind of, you know, parallel and contrast this area? So islands, you, there's a lot of different varieties you can get on an island, Earlier this year, I went to an island, and you can get storms there. You can have breaks in the storms, and then you can kind of have, like, nice sunsetty calmness. And I was like, oh, visually you can use this for the different beats in the story. And I was like, uh, maybe, like, when, uh, like, Revan and the Ebon Hawk crew kind of, like, crash land on Lee Han, it's kind of stormy, kind of cloudy, kind of gray, and, like, you kind of just see the ruins on Lehan. Like, I'm kind of visualizing, like, a Hawaii, you know, kind of island, you know. Like, maybe you kind of see some ruins there. I like what you said about Tulum. I always forget if Tulum's, like, an Aztec or Mayan. And, like, I'm like, what's the difference between Aztec and Mayan? I should go back to school, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then... um for a Lehan postcard or Lehan mug, um, I was kind of like, maybe there's a break in the storm, like a calmness to the storm. Like it's not windy. There's not like choppy waves. And for the Lehan postcard, I was kind of inspired by Attack of the Clones. And if you kind of look at the postcard, it's like there's like kind of half light, half dark. And it's kind of like in Attack of the Clones, you have Anakin, like, before he decides to go to Tatooine, like, he's in balance. So it's actually a CGI, kind of like yin-yang. It's So if you ever watch Attack of the Clones again, you kind of see, like, there's a dark spot in the light spot in, like, the light section of the clouds. And then there's a light spot in the dark section of the cloud so it's kind of like a yin yang and I was like oh that would be really cool to like utilize that literally for this choice where like the galaxy is in balance you know so like mm-hmm. when they first land there it's stormy 
And then there's kind of a break in the storm and then kind of a balance of like light and dark in the sky. And that kind of represents the choice that Revan will make. And then um, in my mind at the end of Act 3, like spoiler alert, it's a happy ending. Uh, You kind of show the nice calm sunset. So you kind of show like all the different varieties of weather I think you can get on an island. Yeah, it's... It's definitely, yeah, kind of encompassing, like you said, all of these different sorts of, you know, weathered patterns and, and kind of environments and, and things like, like that. Kind of my inspiration for it is like the television show Lost, um, because it's on one hand, it's pristine, but on the other hand, it's mysterious and dark. So you don't really quite understand. It always just feels like there's something a little bit more ominous going on than, you know, kind of the surface level kind of thing. But yeah, I think that those are definitely some good. Um, kind of visual representations of what we think that this place is going to look like for sure. You really nailed it with the lost vibe. I think that is actually what I was picturing in my head and I just wasn't thinking of that show, but yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, the mysterious, like I'm picturing fog, lots of fog Mm -hmm. at certain points. And you go through so many emotions with the Rakatan people of like you, you're like kind of, you're like, you got what you deserve because you abuse the the force but then they're like mm-hmm. this this pitiful uh civilization now just absolutely pitiful so you like have like two different sides and i think um cassie what you were saying about like showing the emotion with all the um weather and also just like the terrain of like there's rocks but then there's also like this really calm beach or like almost like a really pathetic looking beach that's like gross dry sand like like um stranded in the desert kind of sand not like beautiful ocean kind of sand so you're able to show a little bit more of like these people are down on their luck and um and you like feel bad for them even though they got what they deserved yeah no definitely it's um it's a weird uh, sort of dynamic you have because yeah you do i mean you feel you feel bad for them um, especially like in playing the game and you probably would in this film too, because you have to, you know, step, step outside of the situation and, and remind yourself that, yeah, they, you know, they're in this position that they're in because of, you know, what they did and, you know, trying to take over and enslave the whole galaxy pretty much. So this is just kind of what they've sown over the, you know, the 30,000 or so years, um, and the time since then. So. Man, you could even show that a little bit, too, if you were, like, showing that, like, their fields don't grow and stuff. And, like, they can't, like, get food the way they used to and, and things like that. You could really get in, get into, and get in. I'm imagining, like, a, a close-up of a farmer trying to, like, cultivate something. And it's just, like, dying. And it's like, dang, that is that is your civilization, like, in a oh, moment. Man. Yeah. That would be intense. Yeah, I think there's some good ways to, to show it. So why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the the characters kind of on this part. We'll get into the uh, Ravastula bit here a little bit more, and then, um, you know, we'll kind of round out with our uh, pitches for how we think uh, Lehan's going to go in our film. So uh, stick with us, and we'll be right back. So, kind of the interesting thing about this section is it really comes down to the characters and the story 
I'm like, where is everyone at emotionally? Like, I think when they kind of land on Lee Han and, like, with the choice and everything. Uh, so we have, like, Revan Karth, Bastila, Juhani, Jolie, Candorous, and the rest of the crew. And then we do have Darth Malak in the, up in the Starforge, you know, and, um, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna get crazy. Act three, like, you kind of have the culmination of so many of these arcs, but, um, I guess, like, uh, Christina and then Brian, like, where do you kind of see, like, these characters being, like, you can mention as many as you want, or, but where do you think they're gonna be at this point in a proposed adaptation? Well, I really want to see a lot of, like, inner turmoil between Revan because of, um, his past there already and like the star forge and like memories coming back. Like I'm hoping to see like a lot of like flashes or not even like if I were to see this on screen, I'd want to see like, like a little pain moment, like in his head of like, Oh, I'm like remembering something or like something is familiar and I can't like quite connect to it or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, he's kind of shady to these people. So like really, uh, confronting his shadiness and, like, trying to be better, because I feel like that's what happens in the game. I see, like, kind of, I don't know if he's, like, trying to compensate for it or not. Um, he's really got his own agenda. But um, I'd like to see a little bit more of, like, emotional turmoil inside of, like, how he actually is impacting these people as a civilization. Yeah. That's a good point, because, yeah, it, it talks about in in the game, because he, because Revan had been there before, and the Rakatans are... You know, basically, like, you know, the last time you were here, you killed a bunch of us and stormed into our temple. So, you know, you know, uh, so kind of making atonement for that. But, yeah, I think Revan's going to have a lot of kind of inner turmoil going on. So he's just, you know, so we've just come from Korriban, uh, you know, the seat of the Sith power. He's rediscovered, you know, kind of all of these things about himself. And, you know, I think that at this point in time um he's really kind of anxious right so he's just lost bastila uh so he's in kind of a big hurry to get back to her you know thinking that she's on the star forge and i think he's he's really kind of struggling to to maintain his grip on the on the light side i think that karth and jolie are there to kind of help him with that but i think that he's really struggling with it i think it would be cool to see him tap into the dark side in some way or another, either on Korriban or, you know, in the lead up to the section on Lehan or somewhere here on Lehan, just so it feels like the stakes are higher when they finally um, do have their encounter, him and Basilic, that you don't really know exactly which way he's kind of leaning. Um, so, yeah, so just a lot of inner turmoil, uh, just like you said, Christina, that's uh, something I think that's going to be really important to uh, tap into as far as uh, his character goes. Uh, how about you, Cassio? What do you think? Uh, what do you think Revan's up to when we uh, Evan Hawk crashes on this beach? Um, he's really kind of having to rediscover himself uh, in Act Three, and I think he would be kind of tempted, you know, because <laughs> it's like I think it's hard to be good and to become a better person sometimes, especially if you know, like. Or you're kind of relearning, like, you used to be a bad, like, dark sider. Like, it's easier to maybe just kind of go down the easy route you, you know. 
But I think, like, he kind of knows in the back of his head, like, he's kind of been given a second chance by the Force, so I think he kind of knows he needs to make it right. But I think he is like, oh, this is going to be hard to do the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as as far as me for, like, the rest of the party here, um, just kind of run through these here. So I think Karth is kind of... You know, back on board, he'd sort of lost his way through our second act, but then, you know, being reunited with Dustal has kind of, you know, reinvigorated him. He's, you know, recommitted to the cause. He's ready to help Revan go find Bastila and do whatever he can to to help get her back. Um, and, yeah, you know, the rest of the party, Jolie and Juhani, they're there to, to kind of help, to kind of help Revan uh, keep his head on straight as we're going through. I actually really like this section of the of our proposed film because it's slower. We're not just hopping in the Ebon Hawk and flying to the next location. It's something that we're kind of having to do on foot because the Ebon Hawk is in disrepair at the moment. So uh, you get a lot more kind of character building, um, you know, especially with, with those kind of characters, uh, Jolie, Juhani, um, and Revan as we're making our way through there. Um, and for the rest of the party, I have, um, Candorus and Mission and Zalbar, I think they're not going to be on Lehan. I think maybe um, they go off on their own and, um, you know, we just kind of give them the, uh, the, you know, the heads up that we'll, we'll give them a call when we're back in the air on our way to the Starforge, right? Don't, don't crash into this thing. Just hang out and we'll let you know when we're, when we, when we get this thing fixed and are back, back on our way. But uh, Christina or, uh, Cassia, do either of you have um, kind of any any ideas about the rest of the party? Anything anything else? Any kind of good uh, character moments or anything like that that we should see in this section? I definitely would like to see intercuts of scenes with Darth, Darth Malik. Um, I feel like I'd like to know know him more in general. So just uh, I mean, turn up the relationship a little bit more. Like he's it, he's sad that he lost his best friend, right? So like, well, he's not sad. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna be mad because he's a Sith. So uh, <laughs> I I want to see like you know like more of him being mad and like more of that like trauma coming out and like some anger moments. Um, I I just would like to see more of him and Bastilla on their own and like him it, trying to influence her. In impacting her and by doing that you're learning a little bit more of like what he thinks and what he feels about Revan and how he deep down like misses his best friend and and wants him back and is mad that the Jedi like took him from him yeah that would be that would be interesting with with Malik I'd like his character just be like a little bit louder I just like want to know I just want to know him more yeah there needs to be something more like because like with KOTOR, if you kind of take it just at face value, it's like, oh, cool, he has a jaw, like, and he laughs weird, you know? But then I was like, the more you kind of get into Malik, I'm like, there's a lot more here than I think, like, the writers gave it cr- them credit for, or gave Malik credit for. I guess, like, what I kind of see Malik doing up to this point is he's kind of just taking care of, like, the stragglers that tried to escape Dantooine and, like, maybe would kind of have Bastlet, like, he's trying to, like, get her more uh, on the dark side spectrum, I think, and, like, kind of, like, making her maybe kind of hunt down 
old classmates who looked up to her, like, kind of get her more devoted to the dark side and stuff. Dang, um, the first Inquisitor. Look at that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like they're crusaders, you know? It's like the Jedi Civil War. It's like they're kind of hunting down, like, old classmates and, like, they switch so much, like, in the KOTOR era between light and dark side. It's, it's, it's intense. I'm like, man, this is, like... It's like a Spanish Inquisition, you know, like, but it's mm. the, no one expects this, the Sith in Inquisition, I suppose. So, but yeah, um, and I, I kind of think like Darth Malak, like, I think he does want to be, he does want to be the, the number one Sith. He wants to be Revan, but like, he's not like a, He's not that type of person, you know, and, like, by trying to force it, you know, like, if he would kind of just embrace, like, he's Darth Malak, I think he would have been a, a better Sith, you know, and got farther, but he just really can't let Revan go in some ways, because I think it's, like, he was friends with Revan, and then he wanted to be on Revan's level, and then I think he wanted to surpass him and take him off the map, but I, I think, like... In a way, it's like he's trying to, like, surpass Revan, but in a way, it's like he's defining himself only by Revan, you know? So, I think, mm -hmm. like, there's a lot more going on with... There's a lot more going on with Malik than I think a lot of people realize, and if they could kind of tap into that, that would that'd be really cool. Um, then I think with Karth, like, his spider senses are kind of going to go off, like... They're so close to the Starforge, but they can't do anything until, like, they flip the switch in the temple. And I think, like, he's not Force Adept or anything, so he can't go to the temple. But I think he's like, I know it's going to all lead down to this, and I literally can't do anything. And he just kind of has to learn to trust Revan, I think. And just kind of trust him to make the right decision. Because I think, like, Karth's arc is he's he's learning to trust again. And I think you're seeing the culmination here with like him learning to trust Revan. And then on the star forge, he's going to learn to trust Bastila. And, um, with Juhani, I think like she wants, she's going to be surprised that Bastila felt to the dark side. She's going to want to save her. Uh, she's not going to be quite where Jolie is. And, where Jolie is, I kind of see this as the culmination of his arc. He's been a mentor, like, throughout Act 1 and Act 2. Mm -hmm. uh, he's helped all the Jedi and, like, all the non-Jedi in the group kind of... He's taught them all he, all he knows, but he has to let go and trust. And then it really kind of comes down to the... In my mind, like, the character focus in this section is is Revan and Bastila. Yeah, I think that we could definitely get into some more stuff with um, Malik, And I, I think both of you kind of you know, summed it up pretty well. But I think for Malik at this point in time, I think that he feels like he's pretty much already defeated Revan, right? He's dropped this big bombshell in the whole party that, that Revan was Revan. He... Uh, got Bastila and turned her to the dark side. Um, he knows that they just crash landed on on Lehan, so he's just kind of up in his ship, you know, having having a good time, just watching 
uh, what he thinks is, you know, Revan going to be failing, you know, kind of below him as he's up on up on the Star Forge. And, and for Bastila, I think Bastila is just like letting loose, like living her best life away from the uh, Jedi Council. Uh, her Jedi parents, you know, aren't there anymore to uh, keep her reined in. She's kind of exploring, you know, exactly what she can do. Like you said, maybe, yeah, she's out in the out in the galaxy running around, uh, causing all sorts of trouble. But, yeah, the, the big culmination here, obviously, is uh, when she's up on that uh, rooftop waiting for Revan to get up there. In my mind, like, the, the real character focus, like, when I was looking at Act 2, like, part of me is almost like, this almost seems to be like it's it's Bastila's film, but then I'm like, it also is Revan's film, you know? And I was like, oh, there are two sides of the protagonist, you know? Like, so, like, act two, it's, it's really kind of like their story, you know? Like, one person has to come face-to-face with, like, who they were, and then act three, or, like, in act two, like, you kind of see, like, Bastila fall to the, to the dark side, in my view. And then with mm-hmm. act three you kind of see, like, uh, Revan, like, kind of, he has to make the choice of, like, what kind of person he's going to be. It's almost like that Man of Steel quote, you know, where it's, like, that I think we actually quoted Astronautica Art was making the uh, Revan postcard for the the Star Forge, and she did a a little Mm -hmm. sketch. And I was kind of, like, when I was kind of telling her what I had in, in mind for that uh, Revan thing, I was like, kind of like, give him a cape, you know, kind of evoke that Man of Steel poster, you know, like, just make him look epic and heroic. And like, there's that quote from Man of Steel, Joseph Kent. It's Joseph Kent, right? Like, Clark Kent's dad, you know, like, if I got it wrong, I'm sorry. It's Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent. Okay, there we go. It starts with a J. Okay. But um, he says, you just have to decide what kind of a man you want to be because whoever that man is, good character or bad, he's going to change the world. And it's like, I'm like, oh, that that's a good quote. Like, because like, Revan has been hero, villain, savior, conqueror. And it's like, he can be both of those things again, you know? Mm-hmm. He kind of just has to make the choice. And then it's kind of like with Bastila, like I kind of see like she's kind of been like in act one, like trying to force herself to be the perfect Jedi, like kind of conflicted good. And then uh, I think like in act two, she sees it all blow up in her face. And then it's kind of like when people think that when people kind of make a decision to go down a different route, it's like, I'm no longer letting this define me as a person. And it's like, um, all you're doing is kind of like letting it define you in reverse, you know? And like, just kind of going down like a, a dark path, you know? But yeah, that, that's kind of what I see with like Revan and Bastila, but, um, do you guys think like Revan can go either way or do you guys think that it would be kind of um, predictable like which way Revan would go? I'd like it the it, it's good drama if you don't know which direction he's going to go. And honestly like they would be a super dope Sith power couple. It's kind of like yeah. the the Raylo, Dark Raylo couple, you know, like people really vibe with that and 
I feel like you could even like have like a little like force vision of of Rev Stella all like all in black like take taking Jedi out you know as like a little flash of like this is the ultimate power that you could both have and you could both have your passion and your and your love for each other and be evil you know or you know be on the dark side um and that's got to be like tempting right like you want to rule the world with your hot girlfriend right hell yeah uh so like turning up the drama of that it is i feel like of course we want revan to be a good guy so you want him to choose the light side but i think having that like you know he he rides the line until the very end when he's got to confront bastilla mm-hmm. yeah no i think it's really important to keep it kind of ambiguous as to what way he's going to go. Um, I, I kind of mentioned it uh, earlier, but I think having him use some sort of dark side force power uh, somewhere along the line here at the start of the film, either in Korriban or here on Lehan or uh, on board the Ebon Hawk or something like that, just to, to show that he's, you know, more than willing to tap into that aggression and, you know, dark side energy. So that way, when the, you know, the confrontation does happen, you're left wondering, you know, which way he's going to go. And I think you could probably even play it off as after they have had the confrontation where it's left kind of open-ended. So the decision still really hasn't been made until um, they meet back up again on the, uh, on the Star Forge. But yeah, I think definitely keeping it, ambiguous as to which way is going to go um makes for you know just a much more compelling uh movie for sure you don't want him to get up there and be like no i'm good now we could be good remember and you know i think i think that it needs to have a little bit of a push and pull so you're you're left kind of wondering which direction uh it's gonna gonna go yeah in my mind like in act three when we were talking about the korriban section we kind of mentioned like Revan would lead a coup and it's like you could have two interpretations of that it's like maybe what he did was the light side thing but also maybe it was self-serving and like the Mm -hmm. easiest like the best way to get what he needed done you know so I'm like uh both interpretations could be made you know because and then like you kind of see Revan talking to the Rakadans and then it's like you're kind of not quite sure which way he's going to go. Because, like, if you already kind of know which way he's going to go, it's, it's kind of boring. But in my in my mind, like, he does end up making the decision, like, to... Like, I think he kind of learns the lesson uh, from his old life. Like, uh, and, like, maybe he sees it like the, the Force gave him a second chance. And I think, like... Korriban, he would have seen the futility of the Sith and then on Lehan or whatever we're calling it of out of its four names, he would like see the futility of like taking over the galaxy. And yeah. I think he would kind of see like Bastil is kind of going down the path that I went and I, I've kind of seen where it leads and I'm going to try to save her like it's not necessarily he's just trying to be a good Jedi. I think it's like he's trying to like do the Star Wars thing and like save the people that he loves. Mm-hmm. You know, if as far as kind of Bastila, you know, on the on the flip side of that, I think you know she's really there on Lehan. You know, at the end of of this section, um, you know, because their bond is so strong, she's not really there. 
I mean, she's there because Malik sent her, but that's not really why she's there. She's there for herself, for Revan to, uh, you know, to go get him and, you know, to, to do a reversal of, you know, turning him, you know, to the light side, you know, at the beginning of the, of the film, uh, she's there to, to basically get him and, you know, go off with him to, uh, rule the galaxy is, um, yeah, like Christina said, is this like dark side, uh, power couple. Um, but something I have in, have in mind, I'm going to throw this question to the both of you. So, uh, we get dark side Basila and she needs to look awesome. So in the game, she's got like that, it's like a yellow and kind of like brown, like dark brown, uh, kind of get up that she's wearing there. Uh, what does dark side Bastila look like when we, when we meet her? Uh, cause there's definitely time for like a costume change so she can look, uh, pretty awesome. So. I feel like she's probably going to end up in a very similar co- uh, costume, but just a little bit more like black uh, leather, maybe some shoulder pads, maybe like some sort of like, not, not the inquisitors that like we know from uh, like star Wars rebels, but using that as like a little flavor because we don't want to like, you know, copy that same time period, but using that and like being like, okay, what would like maybe the inquisitors have worn? 4,000 years ago and kind of going with that. And that's what I'm thinking like, Oh, maybe shoulder pads. Cause a lot, of, a lot of the inquisitors have like cool shoulder pads and like cool, like uh, moto style, um, like leather getups. So I'm picturing something like that. Definitely something like black, black tight jumpsuity. Okay. What about, what about you, Cassia? Any, any good, uh, dark side vibes for, uh, Basila here at the end? Um, cause I think like, in my mind, like, who has the best costumes are Karth and Bastila. And, like, I think, like, Bastila's outfit, it's kind of, like, half princess, half Jedi. So, like, Jedi princess. Um, So I kind of see, like, some adaptations, like, fan interpretations, like, just have her, like, wearing the black version of her outfit. And I was like, oh, that's a very, that's, that's kind of funny, you know? But, um... I kind of see her not just, like, throwing on some random, like, Sith grunt, like, like, because in the game, I think she's just literally wearing dark side robes, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it's, like, give her something awesome, like, that she can fight in and, like, would be practical, like, kind of more dark, maybe, like, that maybe, like, Revan isn't, like, instantly, like, when she's wearing it, like, oh, she's literally on the dark side. Like, maybe it could just be, like, you know, Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, and it's like, oh, he just really likes, you know, kind of darker colors, or he's going to a funeral, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, and in my mind, like, Bastila could maybe even get, like, yellow Sith eyes in Act 2, and in Act 3, but, like, I think when she sees Revan, like, it's just normal eyes, you know? Kind of, like, with um, Anakin. Like, because if you, if you rewatch the scene, like, Anakin and Padme in Revenge of the Sith, when they're talking to each other on Mustafar, his eyes aren't, aren't the Sith eyes. Like, he's kind of able to come to himself enough. So I kind of see that as, like kind of a re repeat of of that situation so that's kind of what i i see basila as like she's maybe kind of holding herself a bit differently like she's mm-hmm. not quite a jedi you know but uh like i think in her mind she thinks she's free but i think like she kind of just hasn't like 
she's not defining her life by her terms quite yet. Yeah, I just asked because I think it's it's important just from the standpoint of a film, just that you represent it visually as a you know in addition to you know the di- the dialogue and the action on screen, but to but to see like an actual like physical uh, difference in you know the way that she's presenting herself, um, yeah. I think is is good just in terms of the film. So yeah, I was just I was just curious if you guys had had any any ideas there about that. I like what you yeah. said about uh, fighting practicality because as much I love Bastilla's costume, like um, her normal costume, but that little weird skirt thing that like hangs between her <laughs> legs is like, dude, she has a double saber too. And as somebody who like, I do prop, prop manipulation and I spin a pole, like there's just no way that's going to work. You're going to slice right through it with the lightsaber. Like no one thought about the logistics of that. So as a dark... <laughs> In her dark side costume, I like to see that skirt gone and things a little bit more like functional. Okay, yeah. more more pants than weird. Yeah, skirt no flappy skirts, no flappy skirts. It doesn't make any sense as a Jedi. Even the robes. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, that's way too big. You'd be slicing through your own clothes. Yeah, that's the thing, right? The Jedi aren't there to fight, but the Sith—they're all about the fighting, so they have to uh, they have to dress down for it for sure. With great darkness comes great <laughs> functional uh, footwear and uh, accessories and clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, and I mean, like, thinking about, like, Vasila's uh, clothes, too, like, she has those interesting shoulder pad wing things, and, like, what are what are the point of those? Like, what was someone thinking, like, when they were designing <laughs> that? Like, I mean, it looks cool, but, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that really is impractical. So, yeah. So, there's no better transition than from, like, weird shoulder pad wing things than, um... So, the choice, you know, uh, that Revan has to make, like, when they kind of see each other, it kind of definitely parallels Anakin and Padme on Mustafar and... Uh, Ray and Kylo on Snoke's flagship, you know, the in the throne room. Uh, do you guys kind of see parallels with those scenes? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the very like the culmination of like is love enough to save us? Is is the Force and using love through the Force enough to save us? Because I feel like that's also a commonality. Is like. You're not just using the force, like how the Jedi teach you. You're actually trying to use like love powered by the force to bring somebody back from the dark side or save someone's life. And so it's like, I don't know, kind of like a little added oomph that you don't always see Jedi use because they're taught not to use it. But here Revan and Bastilla have that strong bond Ray and Kylo, we're we're not really ever told told to not have that bond, um, and then but then Padme and Anakin, uh, the the two that fail the test, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that you, um, man, I'm sorry, I just like detracted myself because I was like, dang, they do fail the test. They straight up are gone. They do not pat. They do not bring each other back. <laughs> yeah, sad day. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see a lot of uh, kind of similarities in The Last Jedi. Um, you know, at the end on Snoke's ship, they're, they're fighting together, but you know, they're the dyad, so they're like the opposite sides of the same coin. So they're looking at the problem from 
you know, kind of different perspectives, right? Looking out in opposite opposite ways. So, you know, while they're one and the same, they're still not seeing everything uh, together. So, you know, the culmination of this fight, you know, Kylo's ready to go off and, you know, take over the galaxy, whereas Rey's want to, you know, to carry on with her friends and, you know, bring peace and balance back to the back to the galaxy so uh it's kind of just the opposite with you know revan and basil at this moment right so they have they're kind of together but they're seeing the kind of the outlook into the distance a little bit different so definitely some uh some vibes some good parallels to that and then i think as far as their confrontation i actually i i see kind of parallels between like uh luke's and uh vader's uh fight at the end of return of the jedi where um you know, Vader's kind of trying to bait him into a fight and Luke's, uh, you know, resisting the urge to attack. You know, he's playing more of this uh, cat and mouse thing while they're having this conversation uh, versus, you know, just having this all out fight. And that's kind of how I'd see that uh, scenario playing out between uh, Revan and Bastila, where, you know, she's maybe trying to get him to really, you know, kind of face into this confrontation, you know, tap into uh the dark side and you know he's he's doing his best to to resist it and kind of put it off and prolong this conversation i was kind of re-watching the scenes um anakin and padme and like you kind of just see like or actually you rather kind of hear it like there is some music there but i like that john williams is just kind of like quiet in that moment mm-hmm. like you kind of get a little bit of a an uncertain across the stars but then you kind of get like rising like Anakin's dark deeds theme and it's like they're just Anakin in that moment like he's kind of just like kind of dark-sided it's kind of like he feels like he's doing everything for for Padme but I think if you're really paying attention he's kind of like the relationship right then is more about how he feels about Padme than rather like how Padme feels you know like what what Padme wants in Padme's like I I just want to like run away we can let go and he's like no I I want more I want the power I can take it like it's all right here like he's not focusing like on his original goal and you kind of just see the breakdown of like the Anakin and Padme like you you say Christina like they they fail and and then like I think Ryan Johnson really did his his prequels homework, which I think is why I like the the Last Jedi so much. Like, and you you kind of watch the Kylo and Rey uh, scene on uh, Snoke's flagship. Like, I think like Rey is kind of just like okay. Like, I think like she's like oh Kylo slash Ben's choice was really easy, so like he's gonna just uh, be he killed Snoke, so he's. Uh, obviously going to be on the resistance side we're going to be on the same side and it's all great but then he's like no like i want to be supreme ruler you know and he's kind of just like you need to let go you know and i was like man those, those scenes those scenes really parallel each other you get a lot of the flames and you kind of just like see kind of one side represent good one side represent evil and like what you say about kind of like the the vader and and luke scene brian and i was kind of like this would actually be kind of cool because i don't think we've ever seen in star wars like the 
a scene like this where the person on the dark side is actually the female character. Yeah. And I think that would kind of, like, make it a little bit different and, like... I don't really foresee fire in this situation, but I'm like, maybe, like, storm clouds and, like, that could, like, kind of make it just a little bit different, you know? Mm -hmm. And the Kylo and Rey scene in The Last Jedi, the the music is there as well, but, like, John Williams isn't in in your face, like, with the music, which I like. Like, he's not epic all the time. He's iconic, you know? He, He matches, like, the character... He matches what the story and characters are doing. So I'm like, oh, these are beautiful scenes and I can't wait to like, if they ever did make KOTOR, like this would be an amazing scene. I wonder how they would do it. So Mm -hmm. that, I guess we can kind of talk about how we would pitch, uh, how we would kind of pitch our, like what we kind of foresee happening on Lehan. So I guess we'll, we'll we'll start with our guest, uh, Christina. Like, what do you, how do you kind of see Lehan happening. Um, okay, so like just like if it were to happen on on the big screen, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. we'll start with like the the crash landing and lots of little like uh, back and forth. Um, you know, while the team is like traveling to meet re- reach the Rakatans and like you know figure out how to get to the Star Forge and get to Bastilla. There's a lot of like little moments of them talking to each other. You're getting character development, building a little bit of the relationships. Um, I love my little farmer scene that I came up with earlier, where you're just like yeah. you like you. That's like maybe the first people they come upon is like they come on some Rakatan farmers and they're just like trying their best, but like nothing grows because they ruined their planet. So, um, you get like, you know, little, uh, imagery images like that. So it doesn't even have to be like taking up time in the dialogue. It's just like little moments of seeing things on the planet that are like barely hanging on representing the entire civilization. Um, and then, um, love good drone shots. Definitely would want to get drone shots of all all of the, the terrain, a different terrain and like coming up on the, um, the temple and stuff and probably wouldn't try to spend a ton of time, um, in the temple because, mm-hmm. um, honestly, when I played the game, I was like, go, 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 get through this, dun, 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 push the button. <laughs> um, uh, so I, and I, and I'm always gunning for the Bastilla Revan stuff too. So I'm like, let's get, let's get your woman Revan. Let's get to her. So getting through the <laughs> temple stuff as much as we can while still like honoring what we need to know about the Rakatan people and touching on how Revan has already affected them and how his choices are really, uh, going to impact them going forward and like deciding whether like it's uh, all all of what we've kind of been talking about is like Revan is like he can either be really self-serving and like trying to get his own agenda done or he can like really examine himself as a person and be like how how do I impact you know the rest of the world like that Man of Steel quote yeah how am I gonna who what kind of person am I gonna be in the galaxy am I gonna be saving people or am I just gonna be trying to get my agenda done so having some moments like that with the Rakatan people and the um the elders to like reaffirm what kind of direction our protagonist is going in, but still having, you know, be a little bit of a question so that we're not for sure whether or not he's going to go dark or light. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I imagine not taking a lot of time to get to the star forge, like, you know, basically like cut scene, 
get to the, we're on the Starforge, we're here to save Bastilla. That's the scene that I'm going to want the most out of is those two going back and forth and like have, like reaffirming their love, him saving her. Romantic, cute romantic movie, music, just kiss already, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. That's what it says on, on the, uh, on your article here, right? Yep. I think it says just kiss already. Yeah. <laughs> that's the title um, of the article. Yeah. Yeah. So got to hurry up and get to that, but no, that's a really good, uh, rundown for, for how it's going to, to play out. So, uh, let me, uh, I'll, I'll run through mine, Cassia, and then I'll let you, uh, kind of round us out here. So, so for, for my, so this is my pitch for Lehan. So we land on this pristine beach. Um, you see a lot of like partially sunken ships in the distance out in the ocean. Uh, Karth, HK, and T3 are going to stay with Yub and Hawk so they can get it uh, fixed back up. HK is going to be reluctant to stay, but, uh, you know, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a place here on Lehan, so he's going to stay with the ship. Uh, you got some cliffs with the temple up top. There's a canopy of trees. It's very much like a, like a rainforest kind of thing with this uh, temple sticking up. So, sticking up through it. So we're going to have to take the long way around to get up this cliff. So we go in, we're starting to go through this rainforest and you start to see like these little, um, like stack stone ruins. So at first they're just kind of, you know, like a couple of inches tall. And as we're making our way through, um, this kind of dense forest, like these ruins are starting to grow and get a little bit bigger as we kind of go and have these conversations and maybe camp and uh, that kind of a thing. But it's kind of like a visual like timeline of like the expansion and contraction of the infinite empire. So we're seeing it like, like out, like as far as it used to stretch. And as we are making our way into their camp, it's, it's slowly getting bigger, you know, as they've had to retreat back into this kind of smaller little camp area that they're at now. And that's eventually where we get to, we get into the main camp. Uh, we speak with the camp elder, uh, who's very suspicious because, uh, you know, Revan, the last time he was there, uh, you know, took a bunch of them out, wasn't a very friendly guy. So, you know, so the elder of the camp's like, mm, maybe you should just leave. Uh, but, you know, eventually he's going to go ahead and let him in. Maybe Joe Lee is there to serve as the uh, arbiter for this uh, kind of discussion again. So, uh, but yeah, he's going to get us into the end of the temple. Um, so we go into the temple. Um, you know, the temple's really like plain, I think, but it has a bunch of like ancient technology. Like I'm picturing like stone, like of the old, like, IBM computers that were like the size of a room. So just like a whole wall, like size of a computer. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe like Jolie's asking us about these or about the last time we were here. And Revan's like, yeah, these things run on energy from the dark side of the force. And about then, you know, Revan taps into the dark side and turns one of these things on. And that's how we're going to turn down the, or turn off the disruptor field. Um, and about that time, uh, you know, Revan knows that Bastil is up on the roof. So, you know, he tells, you know, Jolie and Juhani to, you know, stay put. He's going to go and confront her upstairs. So uh, he gets up to the roof. Uh, Bastil is there in her dark side garb. Uh, Revan steps out. They start to talk. Um, it's going to start raining, uh, just like it did in the uh, 2D Clone Wars with uh, Anakin and Ventress on Yavin 4, so we're going to get a good little battle in the rain, uh, which I think will be pretty awesome. And while they're talking, I think maybe, like, Juhani, you know, comes up, up the stairs, like, out the door, and Basilo just basically just, like, you know, chucks her to the side and, you know, no, can't even be bothered with her, which is, you know, going to not be good for Juhani, being her friend and stuff. So her and Jolie uh, kind of retreat, and that leaves Bastila and Revan up there to to have this battle of words, and then their uh, lightsabers ignite, and 
they, you know, they have this fight, but it's kind of intermixed with them having like this conversation, like in their heads or however we've established that this dyad bond is going to going to work. So they're having, you know, like a conversation while they're having this uh, lightsaber battle. Um, and then to kind of end of this section, uh, the Ebon Hawk's going to come up, fly over top of the temple. And Karth's going to be there. He's going to have Bestela in his sights there on the Ebon Hawk, but uh, of course he's not going to fire. You know, he's, uh, uh, you know, Bastila's his friend. You know, he's, you know, sworn to protect her. Um, so he doesn't take the shot. And, uh, you know, Bastila says something, you know, kind of really cold about it, you know, about how Kars a, a good soldier and he'd never betray her, um, even, even though, you know, she's on the opposite side of us. Um, maybe she does like some awesome force thing where she calls in like a storm, you know, stuff like we're seeing in like the, like the High Republic, um, and the wind kind of makes, you know, Karth have to uh, have to veer off. Um, and then, yeah, the fight kind of ends. Revan starts to maybe get the upper hand a little bit, and Bastila, you know, takes that opportunity to uh, jump down off of this uh, temple, get her own ship, and head up towards the uh, Starforge. But as she's leaving, and we're back on the Ebon Hawk, they kind of end that dyad conversation that they had going on when they were uh, having their battle. Uh, but that is... That is my very long-winded vision of how I see Liam uh, playing out there. Yeah, I, I I really like that that pitch. How it kind of incorporates everyone uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so how I kind of see it is that um, you know, like the Ebonhawk crew crash lands on on the Rakadin world, and. I mean, the main gist of Lee Han is, like, they crash land, kind of come across to Rakatan camp, and then the Force users go to the temple to to hit the switch, and then there's a choice. So I think, like, when Revan and crew crash land, I think some of them are like, uh, this place is kind of a little creepy. Like, I think some people stay with the ship, and I think, like, the Rakadans kind of, in a way, I think they kind of knew that Revan would return, and I think, like, when they crash land, like, there's a Rakadan person just there, kind of waiting for Revan, like, I knew you'd return, and I think he says you might want to take the other Force users with you, the others can wait here, and I think they kind of take Revan past their camp, on the way to the temple and kind of just explain their history, their rise and fall. I think maybe to probably teach Revan a lesson. And they're like, if you're trying to make it to the Star Forge, like you're going to have to go to that temple and kind of hit the switch. Like we, we stay on our home world now. Uh, we're kind of bound here. Like, I think they just kind of know like destiny is happening, you know? But I think they kind of say, like, you're different now, but are you really changed? And, like, it kind of gets, like, Revan thinking, like, maybe Revan would just kind of go with what he kind of knows or, like, what's easier. And um, I do like the Lost kind of vibes. Like, it's kind of like you're kind of not quite sure where the danger is going to come from. And I think when when they kind of get to the temple... Like, it's mostly just kind of ruins, kind of empty. Like, I don't really see it being, like, the game where it's, like, you have to, like, 
figure out that stupid puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I think when I when I played the game, like, I honestly don't know how people did it without cheats <laughs> or like guides because like, even in the Teresian sewers, like with that. With that rancor, I'm like, how do you get past him? And, like, some people are like, well, I just ran for it. I booked it. Like, I just walked around it. I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't believe you. And, like, I had to, like, figure out the synthetic stuff and, like, putting it on, like, an old body, you know, and, like, blowing it up that way. And there's that uh, that puzzle in the Lehan Temple that I think is too hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I would just kind of make it like, it's kind of just like, they kind of just make it through kind of easy. Maybe there's like a few old booby traps, but like nothing like a Star Wars like booby trap. Kind of just more like a, how did they get separated? You know, like some rocks or something. Um, And like, that's how Revan kind of makes it to the roof. Like, and I don't think he expected to see Bastila there, but uh, she's there. And... In my mind, like, maybe, like, I don't quite know if Malik sent her to deal with Revan or if she kind of just, like, took the initiative to go. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, Bastila's not quite totally lost to the dark side. Like, she's definitely doing dark-sided things. But um, I think, like, in her mind, like, she's kind of rationalizing it, like, I can go to the dark side, but I just want to do it with Revan, not some weird guy with a jaw, you know? And I think she's, like, I'm kind of more free now, like, I'm, there's no Jedi Council to kind of, like, kind of tell me what to do all the time, and, like, um, now Revan knows who he is, and, like, we can just be dark-sided together, but I think, like, if you kind of look at it, like, the dark side doesn't really, like, allow for, like, healthy relationships. Like, if they did kind of go on the same side, like, I think they, in my in my mind, like, I think they would end up destroying each other, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the rule of two. Like, even though the rule of two wasn't really established, like, Sith kind of just, like, kind of backstab and, like, betray each other. But I don't think, like, Bastila knows that yet. I think she just is kind of, like, they kind of approach each other and, like, they kind of embrace. And then, like, like, Revan is probably, like, not quite putting it together that, like, Bastila is on the dark side. And she's, like, kind of explaining, like, what happened. And then they kind of, like... Jolie and Juhani appear, and she's like, we need to get rid of these people, and we can, like, face Malik together, you know? And then, like, Revan's like, wait, what? And then, like, she's like, we need to be on the dark side, you know? And then I think it's kind of more like, they kind of realize, like, Basto's fallen to the the dark side, and, like, Basto's kind of angry that Revan's not wanting to go down that path, so then... I don't think, like, Revan... Juhani or Jolie are really wanting to like kill Bastila and like they're kind of like taken off guard so um I think like Bastila like kind of like curb stomps them like doesn't end them but mm-hmm. like kind of takes off and then I think like Karth would kind of see it and then like be like wait what's going on and like they try to stop Bastila but then they're like oh I guess she's bad now you know and like going to the Starforge with Malik and all the Sith forces, and I guess, like, 
her battle meditation is gonna be you know, like like you know like on the sis side now so it's like <laughs> that's great like that's gonna be fun to deal with uh but then i think like when Basila did kind of give the choice to Revan, like he he was tempted, but I think he's like, no, like this is like I've been down that path before. You you don't want to do it, you know. And uh, I think like at the end, like he kind of, I think he's like on team light side. Like it doesn't mean like he's gonna be like a Jedi Council approved member of the Jedi Knights or anything mm-hmm. like he wouldn't be made a master in my mind like they would maybe tolerate him but like they're like fine I guess he can be a Jedi but just barely but um I think like his goal is just to kind of like save Bastla and stop Malak and I think the rest of the team are like can she be saved and like Revan's like well I mean, look at me, you know, like, I might not be the picture-perfect Jedi, neither is Jolie, neither is Juhani, like, but in a in a way, like, all of Team Ebon Hawk, like, has had second chances, you know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I see Lee Han going, so. Yeah. Yeah. I love the booby trap part that you mentioned, that I was kind of like, oh, we need action scenes. What else could be an action scene other than Revan and Bastilla, like, facing off? You know, we're going to expect that. But, like, what else could give us a little bit of, like, flavor and some cool stunts and cool looks? But, like, a little booby trap would be a really cool moment. And it's like nobody has to fight each other. It's just, like, a cool mm-hmm. action scene. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. But, yeah, it definitely needs some sort of sort of conflict here on Lehan, you know, kind of along the way just to just to keep the uh, action level up just, just a little bit to, you know, so it doesn't get too slow uh, kind of in this spot for sure. But. Yeah, definitely. And when you uh, we were talking about Karth, you know, watching you know Basilo fly away, I just see him like sitting in the cockpit of the Evan Hawk, and be like, Revan storms in, and he's like, "What happened with Bastila?" And Revan just says, "I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> <laughs> that would actually like, uh, if they do it right, that would actually be really funny. And then he's like. And then Karth is like, oh, wait, that's how that feels or something. <laughs> like, maybe it would be the wrong time to have that joke, but, like, maybe his face could just say, like, oh, that's actually really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> to, like, be told, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So. For sure, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of between those three story treatments, we got some really good stuff in there. And I think that Leon's just a super interesting place. It's it's very ancient so we can learn kind of about the you know beginning of like this like star wars civilization the you know kind of the whole galaxy and how things work i think it's going to be really fun to explore and to see it and it's you know a brand new location and it doesn't really look and feel like you know some of the other locations that we've been to before in the films and tv shows so yeah i think um yeah i think it's going to be really cool yeah and I mean, it's kind of like about the the characters and the story of it all. And like, I was like, what's really important at the end of the day, like about the Lee Han uh, choice? And I'm like, if you kind of make it about Revan and Bastila, and I, I was really glad that I kind of remembered that that uh, article from February, you know, because I was like, oh, that would, that would be a perfect match, like uh, for this episode, like to kind of keep it focused on those two characters. Um, so. 
Yeah, like, and we're almost getting close to kind of the end of our proposed trilogy that's probably not happening, but, you know, maybe we can make it into a radio drama or something. But, yeah, um, so where can our our listeners find you and what you do. Yeah. So, uh, best place to find me is on Instagram. It's at Christina faith, C R I S T I N A F A I T H. Um, I also been launching a website coming out pretty soon called fulcrumdispatch.com, uh, which is where you, you'd be able to, um, read part of the article we've been talking about. You'd be able to read an excerpt of that and a couple other blog articles that are surround, uh, Star Wars and other fandoms that I'm really into. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'd love to have more followers and I'm always looking to expand, um, the Star Wars community and get to know more people. Yeah. Go, uh, go check out the Instagram page for sure. And we'll be, yeah, keeping an eye on, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, to keep our eyes open for more good articles coming from you because, uh, like Cassia and I had mentioned, we, we really love the one that was in the, uh, into a larger world article and yeah, interested to get all sorts of takes on, uh, you know, Star Wars and relationships in Star Wars and, you know, other fandoms. And there's just a, a lot of fun stuff to talk about out there. Yeah, follow her for sure, and uh, yeah, it is fun when when Star Wars is about love, like whether it's Revan and Bastila, uh, Ray and Ben, or Han and Leia, or or Obatine, even though it sounds like Ovaltine, you know. <laughs> um, and I kind of realized why why I was coughing today. It's because oh, in a way, Raylo influenced me to get the Burberry hero and I'm like oh I haven't really been wearing perfume for like a year just because of corona and I was like oh I'm just not used to this again you know so like if you hear me coughing throughout this episode it's really just because I was (laughs) I was wearing Burberry hero so um (laughs) (laughs) so if you too want to cough during an episode you can wear a Burberry hero yeah, so I think that's the best ending to an episode like we've ever had. So, absolutely, yeah. and uh, you know, thank you, Christina, for joining us. We really appreciated having you on, and uh, hopefully, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, and for everyone out there, may the force be with you. And you can find us on Instagram at Old Republic Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Old Republic Pod. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Old Republic Podcast. The Old Republic Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Schurman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>